Anybody want to know what the glory of God feels like when you praise? Anybody wants to know what the glory of God feels like in every problem, in every family, in every household, in every church? Oh, if the glory of God just fell upon every person, what the world would be like, hallelujah. What I would feel like, what I would be like. Thank you, Jesus, for your presence, for your love, for your mercy. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. How many love his presence? How many love his presence? It's here. And. I've heard people say the presence of God is here when he wasn't. <laughs> and I've been like, but I know when he's here. Because <laughs> I know when he's here. <laughs> I, want, I know when there's anointing and when there's not anointing. I know when the Holy Ghost falls and when it doesn't fall. I know when it's fake and I know when it's authentic. I know when he speaks. I know when someone pretends like he speaks. Let's open our Bibles. 1 Samuel chapter 3. I thank Pastor Coiner for the opportunity. And I was thinking, because this would be my second birthday, Mary. And you were talking about those four wives. I said, one's good. <laughs> I'm thankful. <laughs> I'm thankful for the opportunity. Another year, and I thank Brother Coiner for the opportunity. And you know, none of us should be here. None of us should be here. Because by our own actions, none of us should be here. And today, I just want to read from First Samuel chapter three, verse one. And it says, and it's just going to be one verse. The boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. In those days, the word of the Lord was rare. There were not many visions. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you for your presence. Thank you for every man, woman, and child that's come to, your, to worship you once again, to come to your presence this Sunday morning, Jesus. We come before you, God, because we are needy. We need your presence. We need your touch. We need your word. And I pray in the name of Jesus Christ that your word be spoken, that your glory fall in this place, God, that your will be done in every last one of us and every last one of our lives in the name of Jesus. You know what is going on. You know what is needy. You know what I need. You know what I don't know. You know what I need to know. And in the name of Jesus Christ, I pray, speak. 
unto us today for your glory, God, and so that your will will be done. In the name of Jesus, you may be seated. So, I was thinking, you know, and I don't know if, yeah, Karina and Drew are in here. I was thinking, we're talking about the presence, and it says that the presence of God and that the Word of God, the Word of God was missing, was, was really rare. And it doesn't matter, we've been some weird places. <laughs> and Brother Coiner took me to a weird place a couple years ago, you know, Kenya. Some different stuff over there. <laughs> Go to Mexico, it's different. Cuba's very different. I'd say Cuba is rare. Um, Iceland, we were sitting in Baltimore Airport, and I got a message from a pastor in North Carolina that said, a Spanish pastor that said, my sister lives in Iceland. She, she doesn't speak hard, that much English, and I don't know if while you're there, and I was like, there's a Spanish family in Iceland? <laughs> what we tried they live far and Iceland is big and there were it was a historic blizzard when we went in the winter and we weren't going very far we did have a cool truck though and it doesn't matter where you go there's someone where the Word of God is rare it doesn't matter where you go there will be someone where the Word of God is rare where there's no vision, where there's no prophecy, where there's no word spoken, where the Spirit of God is rare. So Samuel, the Bible says, though but a child, was ministering, and it was a result of the wickedness and the evil of Eli's sons and other people around them, their wickedness, their corruptness, their rebellion. They rebelled against God, but Samuel ministered to them. They were a bunch of rebels, a bunch of hypocrites, a bunch of liars, a bunch of backstabbers, a bunch of fornicators and adulterers. They were a bunch of everything, and I'm sorry, they were the worst kind in the temple and the tabernacle of God. But Samuel ministered to them. They slighted their father. On earth and in heaven, but Samuel was, somebody said, observant to them. <laughs> he ministered before them under Eli, who really was part of the problem in a certain sense, under his eye and under his direction. And it was the praise that Samuel constantly was involved in that kept him from being influenced by their bad example and by their bad stuff. It was his constant praise and his nonstop ministering that didn't let him fall off the bandwagon, but improved and was called multiple times because God said, that's the one that I want. He made it clear. And because his nonstop praise and his nonstop ministering even with hypocrites and liars and cheaters, he kept ministering, he kept praising, he kept serving. And so within that was the preparation of the honor that God had intended for him. And, he, and that 
little that he was faithful, so then he was given so much more. And so, as we go through life, there's certain rules we learn to live by. There's certain rules that we learn that if we break, there are consequences. There's some weird rules that you read laws that exist in the United States. Just Google them. There's some weird stuff. There's some weird laws that you Why did they create that law? I'm sure there was some political, financial reason for that law. That's the only explanation I can think of. But we all learn that there's certain things you don't do. For example, I have to go tomorrow to the courthouse and fix a few things because three tickets in one week was not good. <laughs> I was on my way to preach, <laughs> and a guy pulled me over on one, uh, 121, and so I pulled over. He comes up the side. He had to come around the other side because there's traffic over here, and I was going to preach, and God forgive me. I just put my Bible kind of up on the seat like that. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it'll work. <laughs> it didn't. It was too much. <laughs> too much difference <laughs> between the speed limit, what I was doing. So there's certain laws and rules we learn to live by. We learn that we cannot defy the law of gravity on our own. We learn that we cannot lie to someone else when they find out about the truth and then expect that everyone be happy. Last week I met a man in Wisconsin, he's a Spanish guy in the church, and he was struggling with his wife from the States, who, well, he was really upset. He was at church, he said she wants a divorce, it's horrible, and the pastor, he's an English pastor, he, looked, he said, and it was kind of, it was crazy, I was on an Indian reserve. I had no idea I was going to preach on an Indian reserve, and I pulled up and I was like, <laughs> I pulled into the church. And it was, a, it was a Native American. It was an Indian reserve. So I walked in, and the, what did I say? Wherever you go, there was someone there who did not speak English. Is this one Spanish guy. I was like, well, this is different. And the music was different. The song leader was different. The songs were totally different. I did a bit. I was so out of my element. I took a video, and I sent it, and I was like, Kristen? <laughs> I was like, I don't know where I'm at. I forgot that I filmed this. Um, <laughs> oops. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so this guy, <laughs> I said, go and talk to him. And he said, she, she just, it's done. She's a lawyer and everything. She wants to get a divorce. And I'm like, he's like, and it's just details. I've learned that word in Mexico. When they say there's a minor detail, I'm like, <laughs> just he made a mistake. <laughs> Did you get a speeding ticket? <laughs> No, that's a mistake. <laughs> and then he's like, well, she found out I was married before. I was like, oh, <laughs> that was your mistake. <laughs> he's like, and I didn't tell her, and we got married in the States. And I was like, oh, <laughs> and she found out? Yes. I was like, yeah, you're in a pickle, man. <laughs> I was like, there's certain consequences you're going to have to deal with. So he talked, and he was sitting there, and he's like, it's just she won't forgive you know, and he literally said little details from the past. Little details from the past, okay. And I said, they're not so minor, and there's certain things we just can't do. I mean, you can do them, but you're going to pay. We learn that. We learn that there's certain things, there's consequences. There's a reaction to every action that we take. We learn that without money, we cannot buy. We learn that with 
much debt, we can't be free. We learned that without exercise, we can't be strong. There are certain laws of life that seldomly can be broken without consequences. And believe me, I try. <laughs> there are certain things that I try, and I've grown up always trying to see. Asked, see if, I was the middle child. Hey, 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 hey. Bugging people. I was in, the inconsiderate middle child. But there's certain laws and certain things that have consequences. And if we're honest with ourselves, if I'm honest with myself, there are still some of these laws that I've known all my life, like speeding, and I still did it. <laughs> and there's certain things we know, and we still do it. There are certain consequences to a life where the word is rare. And those consequences scare the life out of me. David understood this when he asked in Psalms 139, Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? Jonah understood this. There are skeptics that wonder in, uh, about the, uh, they doubt the validity of the miracle of Jonah in the belly of the whale. They doubt the reality and the ability of a whale to be able to swallow a whole, a human whole, completely alive. And then the person to survive for three whole days. But the Bible says that God prepared, he prepared, the translation is an aquatic animal. He prepared this animal for Jonah. He made it so that it could swallow him and he could live in the whale. Because the consequence of getting swallowed by any other whale, he would have not gone and preached to those people where he was supposed to go and preach. So God prepared a special, a customized whale so that Jonah could live in the belly of that whale. So here's Jonah in a customized belly. Here's Jonah literally because he ran from the word of God. And when, he, when God sees hungry, needy people, and the people of God neglect that need, there is a law for that too. When there's someone that's in need somewhere, and the people of God don't rise to the occasion, there is a consequence to the people of God in that area. There is a consequence to, there is a law to that also. So here we are, Christians, children of God. My question across the world is how many Christians are stuck in their customized whale belly? How many Christians are stuck living in something that they can abide and live and eat and drink and live enough in, but they're stuck in the belly of the whale? Because the word is rare in their lives. Because the word that God has already spoken has not been listened to. So God gave you something that you can live in on this earth, but can't quite be free. How many Christians live in the belly of their own little customized whale? 
How many run because of afflictions of the past or fear of afflictions of the future? How many run because of fear of problems? How many run because of the fear of rejection? How many run because of the fear of lack of knowledge? Or my personal favorite, how many run because they were hurt? I got news. Look to your left and look to your right. Look at me and look behind you. We've all been hurt. We've all been backstabbed. We've all been lied to. We've all been hurt. So Paul said, don't be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord. Rather, join me in the suffering for the gospel by the power of God. Rather, join me. Because guess what? When I join him suffering in affliction, I don't care what Joel Osteen says. Suffering in affliction is part of the game. It's part of the walk. There's not a perfect life. There's not a life without consequences. There's not a law that you can break where there's no consequences. There's not an action without a reaction. So rather, join me, he said. Get out of where you're at. Join me in the affliction. Join me in the pain. Join me through the growing pains. Join me to be by, led by his power. Join me in the word that he has already spoken. There's so many of us waiting for the word of God to lead us from where we're at. But there's certain words that were already spoken by God. It is the written word. And so while we're waiting for this audible voice to come from heaven and get me out of where I'm at, when it is already written what I'm supposed to do, when it's already written where I'm supposed to get out of. So suffering, and by suffering, I'm not suffering at this moment. By suffering, I'm not saying constant pain and agony. You have to live this little life. There are people that really miss out on the blessings of God because they think they have to suffer. So I'm not talking about that either. But I'm talking the pain that is caused. There's a reaction when we walk with God. The world doesn't like it. My flesh doesn't like it. Everything that I am that I'm not supposed to be doesn't like it. And so there is an affliction that is caused when I decide to be saturated with his word. So he says, join me in the affliction. Join me in the agony. Join me in the suffering for the gospel and by the power of the living God. Join me, he said, in this un Undeniable, and you can't skip out. It's part of the job. You got to go through it. We have to go through it. You don't get to the end without going through it. <laughs> you don't get around your problems without going through them. You don't face life's consequences by closing your ears and going, no, 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 it's not real. You have to go through it. 
So, so many are stuck in the belly of the whale because they are hurt and they cannot quite wrap their minds around how they got there. Well, I'm here. Here I am, Lord, once again. Here I am, Lord, just plugging along, Lord. And yes, sometimes I get bogged down in life. And yes, there will be those days. And sometimes I wish I could just get pushed out of my problems and given a new beginning, a fresh start. But if the Word of God is rare in my life, I will be stuck in that customized fish where God has let me abide on this earth. And one day I'm going to be spit out one way or another, but it depends on whether the word of God is spoken, whether the word of God is living, whether the word of God is guiding my life. So I don't know how I am, where I am in life. I do wake up some nights going, what am I doing? But until Jonah cried out to the Lord, that customized fish was commanded by the word to spit him out. Until he cried out unto the Lord and the word of God says he was declared, he was commanded to spit Jonah out of where he was at. So until the word is spoken, until the word is flowing, until the word is alive and working in our lives, we're stuck. We're stuck because he creates something that we can live in and we can function in and we can get along in without fulfilling our godly purpose. You can survive being his child and he will give you somewhere where you can live and where you can abide and you can get to the next day. But you will not fulfill his will. We will not fulfill his will. So the Bible says that the word was rare and when they could get a hold of it, going back to Samuel, it was precious. It was unique. It was life-changing. When the Word of God is in action, there are certain things that happen because it is the infallible Word of God. <laughs> At this time, there were no visions. There was no counsel for the people. The tabernacle was corrupt. Impurity that prevailed, the impurities that prevailed in the tabernacle, that no doubt that corrupted the whole nation, had provoked God because of His displeasure to withdraw the spirit of prophecy of that time. There was no prophecy. There was no word. There was no inspiration. There was no direction. The word, the spirit of prophecy was absent. There was no, to get any, there's nothing to get out of the belly. Until there was a commandment that demanded that a faithful priest rise up and that a faithful prophet rise up because the word of God was rare and people needed it. There were no visions, no prophecy, no healing. The word of God was rare 
until a fresh calling was placed. Three times the word of God says, Samuel, Samuel, Samuel. And he ran and he didn't even know what was going on until he realized it was God. And he said, what you called me, what do you want? Here I am. Poor Eli wasn't going to see the earth where the word thrived once more. You know, I'm not going to go through the whole story. People know anyway, but not everybody. <laughs> but there's a horde, all of Latin America, that when a church organization gets together, it's made of men. You just can't beat that. And so, as in many countries around the world, there was a big old fight in the country of Mexico. I'm not going to go into detail. But there were certain people involved, and I have a reason for saying this. I don't usually talk about it from a pulpit. And there were certain people involved that I had nothing to do with it. Um, <laughs> I had nothing to do with it. People I knew, had not, people my age and my generation had nothing to do with it. It was those in front of us. And so there was people cast over here and people cast over here. Souls lost, people hurt. People that were friends, no longer friends. Literally families separated. And so... One day, and I was hurt from it, and I walked, one day, I was in Florida. And I was at this, maybe I should pause this one too. <laughs> but I was at this event where I saw the children of one of the people. One of the, and they're about my age, that were part of the fight. They looked at me and ran. My father's a missionary in Mexico. Was automatically part of it. so I saw them and they saw me and naturally our inclination it goes <laughs> but as we were in service I was sitting there and I felt from God I walked over to them and they looked at me like what are you doing and other people who knew the situation were looking at us like what are they doing <laughs> and I walked right over to them in the middle of the altar call and I said, come over here. And I got my brother who was there too. And I said, your parents and my parents may never see one church. But us, what we decide to do, <laughs> decides whether we see one church or we don't see one church. <laughs> whether we forgive and forget and move on in life, decides whether we see one church under God our faith together or the spirit of God be alive and living in our lives what we decide to do decides what we were the reason I do that and the reason I live by that is I don't want to be stuck in the belly of the whale spit me out get me out I want to fulfill your will I don't care who you call me to I don't care where you call me what country what city whether I can pronounce it or whether I can speak it but if the word of God as long as it's not rare and it's anointed and it's living That'll do. We do this. I do this because I want out of the belly. So Samuel, once he recognized that God was calling, he said, I'm about to, God said to Samuel, I'm about to do something in Israel that make, will make the ears of everyone who hears about it tingle. 
every person that hears the word that's about to happen, their ears, he said, will tingle. There's got to be vision. There's got to be the spirit of prophecy. There's got to be direction. One time, I was going through a hard time a few years ago before I came here. And I walked into a pastor's, and I had no idea. We never have. When the, the Word of God is alive in our lives, it's much bigger than our little brains. So I was going through it. I went to this, in Lufkin, Texas. He passed away, Brother Navarro. He was the Spanish director for years in Texas District. And I showed up at his house before service. And he, we never met in person. We, he'd never seen my face. I'd never seen his face. I showed up to his house, and he shook my hand. And then he stopped and walked into his living room and said, come here. I was like, well, that was, <laughs> I'm already in trouble. <laughs> that was fast. Took me to the living room. His wife was sitting there, and he said, listen to this, please. He said, my wife is a witness. Said, a few nights ago, I was having nightmares. Nightmares about a white boy who is being choked by a snake. And I saw the face. I didn't know who it was, and it wouldn't leave me alone at night until you walked into my door. And I saw who was in my dream. And then from there, he goes point by point by point of everything. I'll tell you what, when there is vision, where there are dreams, where there is prophecy, where there is healing, where the power of God is moving, he fights your battles for you. Our prayers fight for us. God sends his angels to minister to for us. God sends his, his battalions, his warriors, his fighters for us. Visions, where there are visions, there is word. There's prophecy, there is word. And he said, and Nick, you are who the snake was choking. Another lady, oh, same week, called my mother to tell her that she saw me in a conference somewhere, running in circles around the arena with white tennis shoes on, with snakes all over my legs and then I just and I kept kicking them and I kept and then they'd get on me again and I kept kicking them and then they'd get on me again and then I kept kicking them and she called crying and said and you know what when you pray and when you fight to get out of the belly when you fight to get out of where you're at God will fight for you God will send the victory God will give you the peace that you need God will give you the revelation that only he can give the kingdom of God is not a matter of talk the Bible says it's a matter of power it's a matter of what he only can do doors that only he can open Kristen help me it says we can literally, what does it say? I think it says tread on snakes. I think, and I, whenever I hear that, you know, I don't believe in snakes. But it says tread, to step. And the only thing I can think of is the same enemy that lied to Adam and Eve 
while he was standing and then was placed on his belly and God gave me the power to tread to walk over him to walk through it and just tread the Bible says walk over defeat have permanent and absolute victory not caring what anybody else says about me not caring if they think I'm ready for it or not ready for it not caring if I know everything or don't know everything not caring if I've got it all together because I never will the thing about miracles is that they are only miracles to us they are only miracles to man they're not miracles to God they're answers to our faith it's not something he goes whoa I didn't know I could do that they're answers to our faith so many people with the Holy Ghost here so many people with the Holy Ghost it says that <laughs> we'll receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon us <laughs> so where's the power not saying this church I'm saying in general in the world but the power is here I feel it when I worship sometimes you know I pray I pray I've heard somebody told me the problem is you pray you pray you forget to listen <laughs> and we pray we pray and sometimes when I'm praising it's where I find my relief because sometimes I forget the words that are on the screen and I praise my problems into his hands. I take advantage of the presence that he has given me. And I praise my problems out. I praise till I get my relief. I praise until I find my victory. I've heard people say, because I don't praise that way, Nick. I'm just not that way. I'm not that person. I understand personalities and characters and different, per all that. But my miracle, my problem, my faith has nothing to do with my personality. I, I really got into it once I came here. I think the church had just come off a study on that when I first came around. And it opened my eyes a lot. But then I started seeing in the States and I'm like, people use their personalities as an excuse for not fulfilling what God has called them to do. Ministry is not this pulpit. They say that you only get about 10, 15% of what the people need from here. And so, Ministry is not what your talent or your gift. The gift you're supposed to just do, that's supposed to be a given. But where you stretch yourself, where you do things that are not in your natural abilities, that's when you enter into the realm of miracles and faith.
Ward said, the presence that was here a while ago and that is here now is a presence of miracles, where miracles are, can be facilitated. <laughs> so it's not dependent. I don't know how many people sit there and say, I can't speak the word because it's just not how I am. I can barely say hello to people. It's not about that. It's not about who was your daddy, who was your mommy, who's your brother, who's your sister. It's not about where you work. People don't fulfill God's work because of where they work. I was struggling figuring out how to mix it all and how to make it. But what Brother Coiner was saying, you make it all one. <laughs> when you go into work, you minister. That word minister, I'm not saying you're a minister with license. I'm saying you're a servant of the living God. I'm saying you serve. I'm saying you pray. I'm saying you push until you're out of the belly of the whale. So where are you? Where are you living? When you get out of the belly and God calls you, calls you forward then he sends you and then there's a whole different set of problems and you go through them put your head down and you just go through them if not you get spit right back and you just start living again I don't just want to live on this earth I want to live in heaven <laughs> I want that piece of heaven. I'm talking about the piece of heaven on earth where I'm in between. So if I just live on earth, I will not live in heaven. But if I can get God to command my problems, to command my habits, to command my attitudes, to command my ways, to spit me out, of their claws and of their grasp and I cry out and I say Jesus it's not based on personality it's not based on heritage or culture it's not based on where you're from where you'll be the spirit of prophecy must be active in our times it is <laughs> Visions are active in our time. Miracles are active in our time. So what miracle do you need? If you need a miracle, why don't you come up to the front right now? Let me make something clear before everybody, nobody get on their knees yet. Nobody get on their knees. You need a miracle. the Holy Ghost and you've heard about it get it talk a miracle here I'm not trying to do look brother Matthews knows and we all know how many Sundays do we have going in circles going in circles going in circles in our personal lives I'm declaring 
a miracle in the name of Jesus. I declare for those that have received temporary relief, I declare permanent relief in the name of Jesus Christ. I declare those that have been used in the gifts at different times in their lives and are trying to figure out why it's an on and off thing. Let me tell you right now, it's because God needs to know who he can trust. He needs to know if he can trust his prophets. He needs to know if he can trust his servants. So he'll use you for a time. And then once he can see, he can trust. Oh, it becomes an overwhelming, permanent desire and drive by the Holy Spirit. If you're a single mom, if you're a single father, if you got marriage issues, if you got habit issues, if you got language issues, heart issues Jesus right now I praise my burdens into your hands I praise these chains till they're broken and I'm spit out of the place where I've been and may the word no longer be an on and off thing but be a permanent fixture in my life in the name of Jesus for Life Tabernacle for City Fellowship for wherever we may go in the name of Jesus if you got the Holy Ghost the power already fell on you start using it activate the gift of God that is within you in the name of Jesus somebody start making some somebody start fighting on the spirit somebody start praising somebody start praying my miracle is not a miracle of God on God's standards it's an answer to my faith I need a job I declare a job in the name of Jesus with the right time with the right pay in the right place Exercise your faith. Exercise your faith right now. In the name of Jesus, I declare bodily healing right now. In the name of Jesus Christ, I declare an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. In the name of Jesus Christ. If you're just a kid, lift up your faith. Whatever you are, lift up your faith. 